Joe Mazzulla is coaching the All-Star team. That's fun. Uh, I have a big rant about the officials and their reaction to the LeBron James foul. Oh, my God. Then we talk trade rumors. Lots and lots of stuff with the trade rumors going through a bunch of names and maybe a little nugget, a little new way that Brad Stevens could add somebody. That's later on here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rainy J's, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day, Monday through Friday, and be probably Monday through Saturday this week because the Celtics play on Friday night. So bonus podcast when, when appropriate here, uh, So, but d- delivered directly to your device if you're a subscriber. So make sure you're subscribed. Use any device you want, uh, any app you want, anything. It's fine. Just subscribe. It'll get there. Because uh, it's available everywhere. It's on YouTube as well. You can watch on YouTube. Join the uh, the growing Celtics community in the comment section and uh, and have at it there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm John Corrales. I used to play professional basketball a very, very long time ago, as I have been reminded uh, regularly lately that it was a long, long time ago. But now I cover the team for Boston Sports Channel. Uh, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel uh, is the official sports book of Locked On. FanDuel Sportsbook makes every moment more. Make sure you visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Later on in segments two and three, a little rundown of the trade rumors. What's going on with some of the names that have been bandied about? There are a bunch of names that have been thrown out there. I've got four names, so probably like two per segment to just kind of get into, and, and maybe some other names will pop up over the course of that. But let me bring in Tom Westerholm here for the first segment. First of all, Tom. Tom's the guy who's been reminding me that I'm old. So, you know, that's that's how we spent the first 10 minutes before uh, before the show. Tom just berating me in my age. I, I, I was not berating you. I was simply it listing It felt off. like it, Tom. It felt was, like it, okay? I was simply listing off true facts, such as the fact that I was too young to ever see Larry Bird live. Um, mm. That the... Uh, that my first basketball memory was watching Penny Hardaway bank in a half court shot against the Chicago Bulls. I could not tell you what year that was or anything, but uh, mm-hmm. I became a big Penny Hardaway fan after seeing a half court shot. That blew my mind. <laughs> and uh, my first basketball memories, I, I never saw like Dino Raja or any of them, but I like remember the name. And then like Antoine Walker is kind of when I cracked into like Celtics like yeah. knowing things existence. Like I had like a, a Antoine Walker, Paul Pierce poster uh, on my wall when I was a kid. Uh, I, so yeah, that's, you know, I mean, like I'm just, these are just true facts. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, just telling like, it's you a true fact. like I remember specifically, I can, I have a flashbulb memory in my, in my head and the classroom I was at, at, at Emerson college in college talking about why the Celtics should not let Dino Raja go and having that conversation. So that is, and, and this all stems from Sean Grandy tweeting out that Joe Mazzula is coach of the uh, all-star game. And 
he wasn't born when Larry Bird famously did the who's coming in second thing. And I was just like, ow, just kick me in the nuts next time you see me walking down the hallway, Sean. Uh, be much less painful. And and Tom's like, yeah, it was six years before I was born. And I'm like, well, that's great. That's great. Thank you very much. Joe Mazzula uh, is older uh, than me. I will, I, will, I will point that out. He is, but not much. Not uh, much. And he's much, much younger than me. But, hey, let's start with that. Congratulations, Joe Mazzula. Celtics Absolutely. clinched a, you know, the, the record, in, in the best record in the East uh, ahead of, you know, what's the deadline, February 5th or something like that. So um, they've, they've clinched it, and the Celtics coaching staff is going to go coach in the All-Star game. So that's really cool because that coaching staff, Danny Ainge is going to be over there, and uh, I'm sure like there is going to be like a big reunion um over there so that's that's nice good for them i think it's a, it's a nice moment for for him and a good recognition uh look the celtics they've had their ups and downs for sure but to still have that best record at this point that that's really good so it's let's start off with the positive note i i like that a hundred percent look everybody like people have had things to say about missoula right like they've talked about the timeouts you could talk about all this stuff you know like uh um, you know, there, there've been these little weird, little losing streaks, all that kind of stuff. The, the truth of it is you cannot deny that he has been an excellent coach for this team, like yeah. under unbelievably strange circumstances. I mean, he has been thrown into the fire and he has thrived and, and we've talked about it before. A lot of that is the players, right? The players have been excellent and they've done a great job playing for him. But it's also the fact that when Joe Mazzula was named the head coach of the Celtics, every single Celtics player was like, we're going to work with him. Like we, and, and everybody knew that it was gonna, there were going to be bumps in the road, that there were going to be challenges, that there were going to be like things that you know, just didn't go that smoothly. Because how could they? This is a, a first-time head coach in the weirdest circumstances possible. And he has, but the players worked with him, and that speaks to who, who Joe Mazzulla is, the impact that he had on them as an assistant coach, yep. and the fact that all that early success continued, right? Everybody cooled off from three, and the Celtics like went like skidded a little bit, and then they turned it around and they're good again. And like a lot, again, a lot of that is the players, but it's also the fact that like Joe Mazzulla has done an excellent, excellent job with this roster so far. So I mean, it's it's really impressive, man. It's really cool for him that that they're doing this. Like you know, the, the Celtics sent out a press release, um, eighth coach in Celtics history to coach the all-star game, joining Brad Stevens, Doc Rivers, like, you know, like from, tw uh, from 1992 to now, uh, the Celtics Celtics coaches have coached, uh, this will be the fourth time. Like that's, that's not a lot. Like he joins like, you know, kind of impressive company with this, like only yep. the third time in the last 24 seasons that an all-star team will be guided by a first year NBA head coach. I mean, Joe Mazzulla, take a bow, man. Like, yeah. to just be thrown into the fire like this, and you're getting recognition like that. The only the third time in 24 seasons that this has happened. That's, that's good. That's, that's good. really good, man. I'm, I'm, I, I, he, I hope he's, hope he's, uh, I hope he's having a, a nice night tonight because that was, yeah, this is really like, cool. This is, a, this is this a big is, moment for him. This is a nice night to sit back and just kind of, you know what, take, take a little bit of time, and you know, grab a beer or whatever Dude. it is that you drink. Just chill out and just say, you know what. For five minutes, I'm going to enjoy this because this is the this is the perfect night for him to do that. He's not a guy who sits back and enjoys things. But you know what? It's the Monday. You still have two more days off, or one yeah. more day off. You have one another day, day off after this. 
Yeah. Take, you know, well, take a night, man. Like, I, 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 hope, I hope he's enjoying it. Like yeah. You know, celebrate with the wife and just say, Absolutely. you know what? Let's do like little cheers. I'm like, hey, you know, look at us. Look at us. You know, yeah. it's like, look at us right now. You know, so uh, yeah. It, it, does he have a lot to learn? People are like, oh, he's not that great. I know people are in the comments already. Uh, he's got a lot to learn for sure. But the fact that he's here now is, is great. All right. Yep. Uh, that, that's nice. Uh, before, before we turn the page here, I got one more leftover thing from that Lakers game. And it happened after, after we were done report recording the last podcast. Oh God, this just does not sit well with me at all. The referees union put out a tweet to apologize for getting the call wrong uh, against LeBron James and, and saying, Oh, we blew it. It's going to cause sleepless nights and all of that, that stuff. Get, out of here with that crap what the hell compelled who thought that was a good idea for the officials to come out and apologize for a blown call when you blow calls all the time there are blown calls in that game that disadvantaged the celtics there's one like 30 seconds before that there was an offensive foul that wasn't called against anthony davis and they scored where's the apology for that this is a horrible, horrible, horrible precedent for them to go out apologizing for missed calls. They came out after the game, which was really, uh, you know, surprising. But, hey, they had the pool report. They got asked about it. They say, yep, we blew the call. That's it. Done. Congratulations. You admitted it. That happens. The, the Lakers still had an entire overtime to go win that game. So don't tell me that they were still, oh, that cost them the game. Yeah, he could have won it. He still had to make two free throws, and the Celtics still would have had the ball. But that doesn't even matter. It's not up to the officials to go out there apologizing for Where are all the other apologies? There's going to be uh, how many games are going on right now as we speak. How many missed calls are going to be out there? You think the refs, are they going to apologize for all of those missed calls? Come on now. That's terrible. That just sounds like and feels like the refs are like, oh, sorry, Mr. LeBron. We're so sorry. Oh, we didn't mean to upset you. Get out of here with that. You know what? He's he's so damn good that the crying, this whole feeling like, oh, I don't know who else this is going to be against. Like, I can't believe that this is happening to me. What the hell is wrong with you? You're LeBron freaking James. You're about to pass Kareem for the all-time leading scorer. You're the Lakers. The, the league bends over backwards. They could win five games in a season and the league will put them on national TV 30 times. Cause they're the Lakers. This, this whole thing has taken on such a life of its own. Cause it was a foul against LeBron that has gone from funny to sickening and rant. I know I'm going to continue your rant. I apologize to your ad break. This like sniveling tweet, right? Like, okay. This is the referees union, right? Like that's, that, that's like the, the referees are part of a union in 1877. Rail strikers burned down a train station. This is where we've come with labor relations in this country. We are apologizing. No, no, sir. I hate this. Um, I, I refuse. This is he went to rail strike. Man, in the they 1800s. burned it Damn. down. They killed people. It was a whole thing. And uh, here we are in uh, 2023 apologizing to LeBron James and the Los Angeles We're Lakers. Sorry, sir. We're sorry. We missed the call. We'll, we'll never not, do it again. 
and not for nothing, man. Le- like Lakers, LeBron have some pride, man. Like, like seriously, like, le- everything you said is also works the other way. LeBron is about to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He is. There is a stronger and stronger case that he is the greatest basketball player of all time. Whether you agree right. with it or not, that case is getting stronger. You're the Lakers. You've won 17 uh, NBA championships. You have this storied history. You're above this. You're above complaining about all of this is so gross. It is. It's, it's gotten it's, it's gotten gross. Like, it was funny the, the, when we recorded on Sunday. By this point, now at this point, it's just it's just gross. It's yeah. just gross. Like, yeah, you're right. Have some pride. Have some. How many free throws is LeBron going to take in his next game? 30? 35? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a lot. If LeBron's shoe gets untied, will the refs go down and tie his shoe for him? Like, I mean, at this point, like, are they going to give him his water during the timeout? Like, oh, LeBron, do you need a towel? Like, where does the, where's the line? That was that was an embarrassing tweet to be sent out. That was horrible. And, and, and what's the upside? Every Lakers There's fan is none. still mad at you. What was the none. upside of that tweet? You just, you, you just look like you're apologizing to the one person, to that one team. You, the whole point of the uh, officials to to be impartial, and you come out looking like you're you're subservient to LeBron. Like that that tweet was hard. It doesn't, and it doesn't even matter that it was LeBron at this point. Like it could if, right. if they they should never be apologizing in a tweet like that for a missed call in a game like that, unless it's a uh, a, a perfectly played game seven where every call was right and both teams played absolutely perfect games and a referee did something so egregious that it's like a fireable offense. Like that's the level to where a tweet apology should come in. Everything else, it's just embarrassing and I I hate it. The last two minutes report is the apology. That's That's it. That's That's the concession. That's it. They gave a statement after the game. You got the last two minute report. report. The pool report and the LTM report is that's all you need. That's it. That's all you need. God, man. It just didn't sit well with me. Anyway, we've got trade rumors to talk about. <laughs> oh, man. I, I can't wait to hear what people are going to say in the comments about that rant. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk trade rumors. Let's talk about Jakob Pertle, uh, because that name just keeps popping around. And some other ones like P.J. Washington, Alec Burks, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's name's popping up. All of that stuff is coming up next. First, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And we're really excited to have our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel, just like we're the number one podcast network in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features to make betting on sports fun and easy. So download the FanDuel app now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Uh, I I don't know which way to go on this one. Uh, I'm going to have some fun uh, maybe looking at some of the prop bets. Those those tend to be like first touchdown and all that stuff. That's that's better than the game because I have no idea what's going to happen in that game. You can do it all on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly, instantly. So join FanDuel today 
at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Please gamble responsibly. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Make Locked On game-to-game NBA your second listen. If you want to get caught up on the night in the NBA, get caught up on both sides, both sides of the story from local hosts, local experts. It's fun. It's right on the Locked On NBA feed, so if you're subscribed to that, you can get game-to-game right there. So listen to both podcasts. I host Locked On NBA. You'll find me on game-to-game whenever the Celtics play. So check that out wherever you get your podcasts. It's also on YouTube. Tom Westerholm. You know what time of year it is. Trade season. Trade deadline is, uh, what, eight days away now? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Is it quiet out there? Does it seem quiet out there? Feels like there's not a lot of rumors going on. The big thing we got right now is is Jay Crowder. <laughs> like that's not a. I right. mean, we haven't well, seen him all year. That's that's not a that's not a pop and trade deadline. Yeah, sure. like it feels like. I I, I think things will ca- will start to heat up. I think a little bit, but I do think that it it helps that before the season there was such a clear delineation between teams who wanted Victor Wembanyama and teams that were trying to win basketball games. Like. You know, like everybody kind of established where they were a little bit before the season. I think there will still be some shuffling, but um, it might be less than than usual just because I think, you know, teams generally kind of have a better sense of what they're trying to do this year, I feel like. Yeah, and it's it's weird. I think the types of players that are out there, like there are guys who make decent money, like Jakob Pertl. He's, he's one of the names the Celtics have been linked to. Guys like Boyan Bogdanovich. Those are the big kind of names, but they're not they're not so good that getting them is oh my god. Oh my god, they got Bogdanovich. That's right. oh that's it. They're the new favorites. If Cleveland <laughs> right. were to get them, they'd be like, "Oh, that's that's really good. That's a really good move." Yeah, yeah. But, but also there's there there are only a few sellers and they're asking ridiculous prices. Like Bogdanovich they're asking for like first round, an unprotected first round pick. They're asking for a first round pick for Alec Burks. San Antonio is looking for first rounders for Pirtle, who is uh, an unrestricted free agent after this, and a nice, a nice player. A, you know, good player, good solid guy. But is he changing the course of a team's? Like he's great depth for the Celtics. Yeah, in a vacuum, in a vacuum, you say, hey, you add him. Like if it was two K. The team's overall rating would go up by adding him, but it's not like such a game changer that if you you thought, hey, Milwaukee Bucks uh, are better than the Celtics, oh, well, they got Jakob Pertl, well, psh, then the Celtics are going to sweep. No, you probably still think the Milwaukee Bucks are better than the Celtics. So it's just a weird, it's a weird trade deadline, I think, and teams are really asking for super, super high prices, and the question at the top, the very first question that you got to answer here is, are these teams really serious with these asking prices or are the prices going to drop? Like, is Danny Ainge super serious about the high asking prices for the guys in Utah? Are they just going to keep these guys? Or is it going to come down on deadline day and he's going to be like, okay, fine, two seconds for, for whomever. Like, I, I, I don't know. If, if, they, if guys are going to come down, if teams are going to come down, then yeah, some of these things might happen. But if these teams are sitting there saying, no, we're perfectly happy keeping these guys, then we might not see much movement at all. Well, I mean, if there's something we know about Danny, it's that he will, he's not 
he's not coming down. <laughs> like he'll, yeah. he'll he'll just not make a trade before he, you know what I mean? Like he's uh he's 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 pretty happy to sit on assets and make everybody mad even if uh um you know like ra- rather than uh doing what he thinks is a bad deal. Um yeah, I mean I think like obviously like Pirtle's the the interesting one to to us like as kind of uh people who talk about the Celtics all the time. I I I think the asking price for him is really interesting because if you're the Celtics, I, I mean, I think, you know, you're, this is a go for it year, right? Like this is a season that you are, you're trying to win a championship now. And like yeah. next year too, of course. And the year after, of course, like you got these young players, but like, this is a honest to God, real life chance to win a championship. And so it's like, you know, if you're, if you're looking for that depth piece, I mean, one of the things that could derail you is if you don't have enough center depth, right? Like if, if, if there's injuries, if there's, you know, that little bit of insurance, I mean, if you're the Celtics, is that worth the asking price in San Antonio? And I, I'm perfectly willing to accept no as an answer to that. Like, yeah, like that so, makes sense to me, but I can, but with Pirtle and like with the Celtics, they are one of the few teams in the NBA where I can, I'm like, I could see the argument for overspending on somebody because this is a go for it season. I got two things about that too. One, um, if you overspend for him now, you run the risk of not being able to spend for anybody later. Correct. And so you you do have to be sure that okay, we're we're gonna do it. We're gonna give up that extra first round pick. It's gonna be kind of nuts to give up one or two first rounders for Jakob Pertl. But here we are. That that's forget about the fact that you have to resign him because if you do do that, you probably should be resigning him. But let's just pretend whatever. Let's throw that out even. You are now handcuffing yourself because you are now committing multiple picks and the um, the Stepien rule is going to start coming into play later on. And if you're trading away some of these, some of these role players, like, you don't have anybody to move next year. At next right. year's deadline, it's going to be tough. Now, right. maybe maybe you can, you know, maybe Bruce Brown shakes free and, and, and opts out of Denver and you give him the, the, the mid-level, but he's, he's already had a taxpayer mid-level deal and the Celtics can't give him a full mid-level. Right. So, like, the, the Celtics are just getting more and more limited down the line. This is absolutely a go-for-it year, but you do have to be a little bit precise about how you go for it because if you screw that up, then there's no go for it move right down the road. Second thing yep. with Pirtle, he's a good player. He's really good. And like he's what role is he gonna have coming in here? Yep. Are you gonna put him in the Luke Cornette role? So are you first of all, are you giving up those assets to get a guy in here to play 10, 15 minutes? Like, oh great, you can you can limit Rob's num- minutes. The whole point of Rob is you're going to ramp him up for the playoffs. And, and Jakob Pertl would be fantastic insurance, but he's used to playing a certain role in certain minutes. Is he going to be happy here? Is he right. going to be in that? Is he going to be productive here? Are you giving away a lot of these assets for a guy when you bring him in? It's not going to be as productive because he's, he's in a much more limited role and he doesn't know how to operate in that role. Like it's not just as easy as taking all of his production from San Antonio and putting it in Boston because the situation is significantly different. The players he's surrounded by are significantly better. So I don't think that Pirtle makes sense 
even in a go for it, hey, damn the torpedoes, give up all your assets, even if I give you that, I'm still not saying Pirtle is the guy because he's it's almost like he's too good for that role. You need you need somebody that's that's just better in that role, which is why I think you just got to go buy out with the big and and just deal with it that way. I do agree. I, I we've and we've we've talked about this exact caveat before. I think the only concern is if the Celtics know something that we don't about Rob's mm-hmm. uh, health and about his future health. Mm-hmm. And again, like they don't seem that doesn't seem to be the case. Everything right. seems kosher. They're ramping Rob up. Everything seems good. And as long as that is still the case, I agree with everything you said completely. I, but I hope, I hope that continues to be the case. 100%. I, hope they, I hope they do not go trade for Jakob Berto because I think that means that they do have some confidence in Rob's health going forward. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, other names. Uh, I'll just throw this out there. Uh, PJ Washington, very popular name. People keep bringing him up as a guy. Hey, Charlotte's bad. Maybe they can part from, with PJ Washington. Literally every NBA writer with any sort of connections that I read has said he's not going anywhere. The the Hornets are putting putting out the vibes that they they want to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. Could that be just a smokescreen that they're just saying, no, 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 no. We want to re-sign him to pump up the price for PJ Washington. Sure, but it's it's that that would be an extensive ruse from them where every like Mark Stein and Zach Lowe and and Woj like everybody's saying like no no it looks like they want to re-sign him and keep him they do they do have to win games moving forward um, next year they want to be competitive and if they like him they like him so I'm I'm starting to believe in that uh, I think Rozier goes I think Plumlee goes. From from the Hornets, but I think they want to keep Washington, and I, I don't think there's anybody in the Hornets to pick off either. Yeah, no, I don't. That's, well, we, we've seen <laughs> we've seen the Hornets play the Celtics. I don't. If it's you know, <laughs> they, they got some okay stuff, but it's uh, nothing that's particularly compelling. I've got I've got a name. I'm going to save this name for last. I think you're going to love this name. I want to get your reaction. Let's let's start with Alec Burks. There's. But now the Detroit Pistons. That's are not the super- name you. That's not the name you love. Yes. That's not the name I love. It's probably the name okay. that I want. The, the name I love is coming up later. I just kind of want to okay. tease that. Just There's a name sure. coming up later. There's a name coming up later that I'm very, very, very curious to see what you are, are going to say about that. Okay. Alec Burks would be my guy because um, he fits. Yeah. Not a trade exception, but he fits what the Celtics need. They can get him with the Gallinari Pritchard combo. Um, I think they can do it. I think they ultimately can do it with a couple of second round picks. So I think that that's doable. My concern is that the bidding war for Burks might get a little silly that because he's the most attainable, that there might be a team willing to overspend that might say, and it may be an East Coast team that says, we're not going to let Boston get him. Yeah, We need a guy like him. We need a, we need a shooter, and he's shooting the hell out of the ball. We I just, I just went and looked. 45% from three this season. Yeah, on, shooting the like, hell out of the not ball. Not insignificant attempts per game. I think it was like four attempts per game. Yeah. Again, now, he's got free reign to shoot in Detroit, so... He'd have pretty um, he'd have he'd have pretty free looks in Boston. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so yeah, he's a he's a guy that I would definitely 
he might be my number one target at the trade deadline because fits fits a need greatly. You know, the Celtics have, you know, I, I still, I, I do still think that Sam Hauser has some potential as a scorer off the bench, but maybe not this season. I don't know. I think, I think that, I think that ship might be sailing uh, Sink pretty it. quickly. <laughs> but Anchor it. <laughs> I, uh, I, and I, I think that Pritchard is, you know, not long for this team one way or the other. Maybe he stays here for the season or doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. But Burks fits. He's like six, two, six, four, something like that. Um, he's, but he's, he's got some size. He's got some decent size. Um, six, six, according to basketball reference. Six. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So he's, he, he fits. And I think the Celtics package is is fair for for him, but it I think other teams are going to have packages that are also fair, and there might be other teams that say, "Hey, you know, we will throw in, we'll throw in a protected a protected first round pick, but we'll we'll give you lottery protected first rounder for the dual purpose of getting a shooter and keeping a shooter off of the Celtics." Yeah, I I, I could certainly see that. I mean, he's. Yeah, like he, he's a perfect plug and play fit in just about any system. Just uh, just your your basic, very useful basketball player. And yeah, the Celtics have quite a few of those. I could definitely see other teams wanting to prevent <laughs> that from happening. Um, I don't see any other big names shaking free. Um, there there are some other names that have come up that I think are like we're looking at teams with guys who make a certain salary and we say, Hey, he fits into this traded player exception, or he fits this Gallinari Pritchard combination. And I think one thing that we have to look at from the other side is whichever team that we're looking at is, is that other team better off using that tradable guy that they might be willing to trade with a bigger salary to get a bigger name? Like sure. that, that's something we are, we are looking from a very Boston point of view, but I would just say to anybody who's plugging names into their trade machine, whatever. Uh, look at the other team and say, what, what do they need? And is it going to be, you know, the name, whatever name you're thinking of, if that name plus a tradable guy with a bigger salary can get somebody in the 20 million, 20 to almost $30 million range, you might say that that team is better off waiting till the summer to use that tradable piece rather than sending them to the Celtics for, whatever package the Celtics are going to offer. Now the Celtics, they, the other team could turn around and say, Hey, we'll, we'll, we'd rather just take that Gallinari piece and trade that Gallinari. We could do the same thing there, but right. just, it, it's, it's, it's just hard to, let me rephrase that. Got to consider what the other team's going to want to do. That's, that's all we're going to say. Got to consider what the other team's going to do. Um, and so some of these names that are popping up, are, 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 are I think going to be limited because of that. Jay Crowder's name's popping up with Milwaukee, not with Boston. I don't think he's a viable option. I don't think does Jay Crowder. In, in I, I theory, just, I just, Jay Crowder like, Ooh, but you know, like, nah, dude. I've just always liked him. Like I, I always enjoyed yeah, like, but, you, know, my, you know, but yes, no, I don't see the fit necessarily. It's a part of me says, yeah, get, get that guy with the, the chip on his shoulder back in here. Just to give that Celtics team a little extra edge, you know they could use it. They could use a you know an instigator, you know another one. Marcus Smart's an instigator, but not even to the level that he used to be. 
because he's yeah. an, also a team starting point guard. It's you know I think I think an instigator is, is something that this team you know some guy with an edge that can come in. The problem is that if I think the role that he would get offered in Boston is the same role that pissed him off in Phoenix, and I think that's that's going to be part of the problem. He's not going to want to come back for that. And he's I mean he's a guy who holds his grudges i feel like and, sure <laughs> i mean and, and honestly like not joking or you know whatever like the, the celtics traded him under some pretty messed up circumstances right like mm. the way he the way he found out about the trade like the timing of him finding out about yeah the trade, that's, like, true. Like, that's true you know it's rough and then i mean i remember i, I talked to him after um after his return the celtics gave him a uh like a little you know a little a uh, little tiny little montage a little like you know welcome back tribute video and he didn't even see it I talked to him after the game. He was like, they did a tribute video for me. Like, really? I didn't, I, I, I didn't even notice like you. And he was like, <laughs> I think he was kind of offended by that. And it's like, you know, I, I, <laughs> there, there's probably a lot of, there's, I think there's probably way too much. I mean, for one thing, the trade doesn't even necessarily make that much sense. I also think that there's some, uh, probably some, some hard, I mean, Ainge is gone. So, I mean, there, there is that. And that's always something to consider when you think about guys being mad at sure. Boston is that most of them are mad at Danny Ainge, not Brad. Yeah. Stevens, but, <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me, let me, this is the name Here's you ready for this name. This is the guy bones Highland. Oh yes. I don't know if that makes sense, but I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think now the, um, the Nuggets are starting to gauge the trade value in Bones Highland. Yeah. Because they are contenders and they need certain uh, help that they're not getting from Bones Highland. Like they need more defensive minded wings. And, and so I don't think the Celtics have what the Nuggets are looking for necessarily. Um, he's. I mean, imagine Bones coming off the bench for the Celtics. I mean, that would be that would be a scene. That would I be really a scene. It. I love it. Uh, um, I there 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 is the potential for a Bones Highland trade. Um, and so when a name like that is out there, and hey, bench scoring that the Celtics kind of could use bench scoring. So uh, I do think that there's some like oh whoa let's. Let's give him a call. Let's see what uh, what does it take to to get a Bones Highland from you guys. I don't think the Celtics have the right package. I don't think they have what what Denver is looking for. But I just wanted to, because you were here. I just wanted to throw Bones Highland out there and just to see like a little give ge- you a little charge there. I hey, listen, man. I this I've been the least charged up for this trade deadline that I've been for any trade deadline in recent memory. Um, the possibility of Bones Highland of, of of writing extensively about Bones Highland and uh, podcasting about Bones Highland um, going forward, oh I God. I love it. I I love <laughs> his game. I don't think it's a great fit for the Celtics. Like he's just not a good defender. Um, and <laughs> uh, and and I mean, like the Celtics like their versatile guys. And um, you know how like there's guys who can guard one through five. Um, hmm. They're like. There's guys, also guys who can guard like zero through zero, and that's bones. Yeah. Like, it's just that's, like the versatility is uh, not there. But not there. The guy can score. The guy plays with a ton of swag. I I love him. I think he's uh I think he's great. <laughs> um, I I I mention all of these names 
to wrap up the show by saying, I just don't think the Celtics really get anything done. I don't think they get anything done. The only, the only thing I'm starting to wonder about is, I mean, after Peyton Pritchard had some comments on, on a a podcast recently, and I mean, they were not inflammatory comments. I mean, people like posted them like, Oh, I can't believe Pritchard said this. Like basically he said like, yeah, when I like, you know, at, what he was trying to say was like after this year, but he's sort of a little Freudian slip of like when my time here is done or, or something yeah, along yeah, those yeah. lines. Like that does make me wonder if the Celtics have talked to him and been like, listen, man, we know you're sack. Like we know that this is not an ideal situation for you. Like, you know, like I, I do wonder if they've kind of talked to him about like the possibility of kind of doing right by him a little bit and moving him on um, at the trade deadline. I could see something like that. We've talked about that before, but generally speaking, I mean, these big trades, it's like, uh, it, it's such a it's such a risk like what you know yeah. why would you take these risks that they, uh, they don't i don't i don't i don't see the upside in a lot of them yeah i mean marcus smart has said openly you know we keep like pumping pritchard up and it's like you never know if your time is here if you're it's with somewhere somewhere else like marcus right. smart said that to us that right. he's telling him like just be ready because you never know if it's going to be here if it's going to be somewhere else this is a business everybody gets it everybody gets it teams never stay exactly the same. The Celtics went to the finals last year and the team did not stay the same. They're right. going to potentially go to the finals again this, this season. And they're not going to next year's team will not be the same. It might be mostly the same, but there's just differences um, that that'll happen in the team. So yeah, that him potentially going, that's, that's a, I think almost guaranteed that he will not be on this team beyond this season um just just makes sense yeah so fine but as far as deals unless they you know the, the only thing i can say is that that brad is always prone to surprises yeah. and there's always the potential for a you know something that could come out of nowhere but he did say on 985 um, that it, he you you don't want to look at basically saying we're not going to be looking at big kind of deals where you're you're changing your core. Right. And I'll read the quote. He said, uh, "What is probably more likely is evaluating how to fortify your depth, how to make sure you're as foul proof as possible. But hey, other teams are out there too, and there's good players around the league, so you're probably looking at those opportunities at the opportunities." Uh, that you're really stewing over. Those are the opportunities that you're really stewing over. Fortifying your depth, end of bench. Yep. If you can get Alec Burks, great. If yep. not, then that you're not going to go. You're not going to go then crazy. You, then you ride into the playoffs with this team that is currently 36 and 15. Right. I mean, here's hoping that works out. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> right. The the best record in the league. Let's hope. Let's hope that, that the team that just went to the finals and has the best record in the league. Let's see. Let's yeah. see how that can go. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fine. You scout, the, I think they're going to potentially, I think, I would bet that they bring in a buyout guy. I think yeah. they will have their choice of buyout guys. And maybe it's two buyout guys. Maybe they just go, you, and you can use the disabled player exception, by the way, to take in a buyout guy. Right. Um, and you can even use the TPE to take in a guy that's waived. Just if there is, um, if there is a, a trade that's done and a team has to waive a guy they can use it's just a, a minor footnote here the 
Uh, Dennis Schroeder traded player exception, which is $5.89 million, I believe, expires the day after the trade deadline. So they, if they don't make a trade on the deadline, they still have a day to use it to claim somebody off of waivers, I believe. <laughs> so you can actually make a waiver. So you, they cut somebody that's $3 million or $4 million. They can actually make a waiver claim, get that guy with the TPE. That, that is allowed. So just a little asterisk. That's a fun, no. that's a fun little fact. I didn't I didn't, uh, I didn't know. There, huh? there you go. Yeah. 39, 40 minutes into a podcast. <laughs> little nugget. Yeah. That the Celtics a little, a little could pull. for you guys who stuck around. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I keep getting the question every day about combining traded player exceptions. Here's something that you didn't know about a traded player exception. You can use that to make a waiver claim. Um, so, you know, Hey, they could, they could use that. I'd say it's probably really unlikely, but teams make unbalanced trades all the time and guys get cut. And we always talk about like, Oh, they're going to clear waivers. If somebody gets cut and is, and falls in that, in that money, the Celtics would be like, uh, you know what? You're not going to clear waivers. We got you. And that could be, that could be enough to, uh, that, that could essentially be a trade. The Celtics can, you know be part of that. So, well, uh, and, and all of those possibilities are the, a big part of the reason why it doesn't make sense to give up a ton of assets for that's somebody right. like Jack, because that's like so many things can shake free. So many options exist to you. And uh, yeah, it's and like, you don't want to, I, I don't want to be sorry. I, I know I cut you off. Uh, no, you're good. No, you're good. <laughs> I don't want to be the team that's overly cautious and right. say, we're always thinking two, three years down the line, so we can never take a wild swing. I'm not saying that either, because sometimes you do. I don't think this is the guy. I don't think this is the swing. Also, um, they they took that swing. They they traded for Malcolm Brogdon. Like that's a swing. Yeah. That's a big that old is, swing. That's right. Derek, that's right. Derek White was a big old swing. Good swings. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad double. Brad doubled off the wall with both of them. Like it's just, <laughs> like good stuff. That's like, true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So I'm I'm very curious. I, I would love it. I mean, I would especially be able to. I would love it if he used that as a waiver claim, so I could play this bit of the podcast and be like, "Oh, I called it." Oh man, that, that is your be... that is your favorite thing. <laughs> oh, it's my absolute favorite thing to find some little obscure thing that happens and take a victory lap over it. Yeah, very John Corrales move. Hey, you people I, remember I, those things? I've been taking victory laps for guys that I got right in the draft from like seven years. I still take my Jalen Brown victory lap. I. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Uh, all right. I'm done running today, though. This podcast is done. Tom, appreciate you as always. Appreciate you. And I always appreciate you listening, whether it's in the car or the shower, on your way to the gym or school, or if you're watching, I very much appreciate you allowing us to be part of your Celtics life. We do this show to kind of enhance your enjoyment we hope of the celtics and so if that's the case i really do uh, i really do appreciate you making us part of that that thing that your love for the team because you know it's uh it's fun it's fun to be part of that so uh if you're not uh subscribed please subscribe if you are subscribed i would love it if you took that extra step and shared the podcast and told everybody that they should be listening to and watching the lockdown celtics podcast Right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.